close my eyes A minute more the sun will rise And paint the bright blue sky with yellow gold I'll be dead asleep by hey, then McLean. Howdy, McLean, McLean, McLean. Yes, that's... I sincerely, deeply, profusely apologize. I apologize for assuming this would be fun, for uh, for even introducing you to this book in the first place, for inflicting it upon whoever's listening. I apologize for even starting this podcast because it led to this book. I, uh... This is the original sin that cannot be atoned for, this book. Um, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is this, this is miserable. No, I didn't, I didn't say stop. Keep apologizing. No, I know. Look, this is a miserable book, okay? Miserable. It certainly is. Excruciatingly painful. No, it didn't. That book is, in fact... An Abundance of Catherines by Jonathan Green. We skipped last week. Uh, yeah, we skipped last week for recording a sesh just because... Because Jake was too... I can't, man. Jake was, it's hard. He was too So today, fine. this week, we're going we're gonna to attempt something. I don't know if it's been done before in a book club. We're going to uh, speed we run. we got to get through we're it. We're going to speed run the last half of Catherine's. We can't take any more of it. Why prolong it anymore? Just no more dipping a toe in the water. Just dive straight in. Oh, I just flip to a random page and there's just something that jumps out at me. is awful. Awful. Every time. We don't want to analyze it too much. We just want to end it. Now, before we do speed run through this, I would just like to point out. I think the most important thing a book can do is teach us something or give us a lesson. And I think the Gospel According to Larry, the second book we did, had some type of moral of where, I don't know, if you become a famous blogger, become a less famous, fake your death, and then worry yeah. about communicating with people one-to-one, I guess. But don't start out with yourself when you want to change this, the world. But he still didn't say yeah, any the, of those. The moral of this book, as you'll come to see, it's, it's sort of a... Just don't be so it's self-centered. That. Is the yes, which is I get that. I mean, it's a... refreshing since the last John Green book that we read didn't have a moral that I could find. The, the problem is though, the route we're taking to get to that moral is painful. It's painful, man. <laughs> yes, um, Jake, in the Gospel According to Larry, you argued that the first half of the book was mostly pretentious and the second half was mostly stupid. I'd say that The Fault in Our Stars was mostly mostly pretentious and with a little stupid sprinkle here and there. This book is just yeah, stupid. Yeah, this book is just stupid. It's just pure unadulterated stupid. I have, in fact, developed a theory of underlying stupidity <laughs> I think can be applied to all books. It is the fact that the more pretentious a book gets, the stupider yeah. it gets. Uh, but... A John, especially, it only works with John. You might be onto something there. I don't know. Uh, this book, all the important stuff happens sort of in the first half of the book. The second half of the book, we just kind of coast into a stop. It's uh, it's a drag, man. Not exactly a page turner. We uh, the brakes screech to a halt. Yeah. Um. Uh, let's get some housekeeping done here. Um. 
Today I'm drinking this McCafe brand bottled caramel frappe coffee beverage, and it is delightful. Great. Let us let's Great, now let's do this thing. Way. Let's speed run the last half. Jake, Jake does not want. I just want it to be done. I want to be. I want it to be over, McLean. I want to say this book is yeah, over. I just want to say this isn't the past. All right. So, plot summation so far. There, Colin broke up with the 19th Catherine. He and Hassan are hanging out in Gutshot, Tennessee, and they met a magical pixie fairy girl named Lindsay, who's just the perfect girl, and she likes Colin for no real reason, really, but they're going to be a thing by the end of the book, probably. Whatever. And, uh... I think, uh, the second half of the book is largely unnecessary, because at this point it is predictable enough to where I'm certain i'm positive i could predict the rest oh of the yeah yeah uh also tagging along is his abhorrent horrible you know, it occurs to me piece of human I'm... garbage friend hassan <laughs> yes a little harsh but um i think this this uh i've i've seen this book done and good uh well okay um not with the uh the underlying Catherine predictability thing but uh have you Oh, the stupid yeah, part. Yeah, without the stupid yeah. part. But like the two, the the guys showing up in a small town, country town, and being like, "Oh, these locals, uh, death rat, Mike Nelson's death rat." That's what this book reminds me of. I just want to read that book instead of this book. Ah, uh, yes, one of the many books sitting upon my bookshelf that I am currently wow, reading. Wow, good job, McLean. You uh, you sacrifice good <sighs> books to read this. I'm ashamed. You should be more like Colin. He reads 400 pages a day ever since he was seven, even on weekends, particularly on weekends, because then I can really focus on pleasure reading. Hassan shook his head. Dude, you're such a geek, and that's coming from an overweight Star Trek fan who scored a five on the AP calculus test. He rubbed Colin's Jew fro as if for luck and then turned away. Awful. So... Has, Colin has wrote written his uh, theory of underlying cat blah 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 doesn't really matter but anyway they're just hanging out in gut shop and uh, look if I if we stop and if we stop to go... address every stupid yeah. thing we're gonna be here all day so let's just kind of <laughs> uh, so uh, well I highlighted this one so I suppose um, Hassan's saying when Lindsay's not around TOC the other column, for those of you who have been paying attention, talks about her bleep constantly. He has no other topic of conversation. Yes, they're still going through uh, still going through acronyms for names for oh, human yeah. people. Oh, yeah, the rest of the book. Um, Get used to it. Apparently, he spends a lot of free time grabbing her bleep, so that's a nice image. I never even noticed her bleep. Me neither, Colin said. He yeah. never really thought to notice butts unless they were usually massive. Anyway, we're going hunting with guns for pigs. <sighs> Classic literature this book. right there. I hate this book. Anyway, the point is, Hassan is actually becoming a human being and interacting and talking to people and treating them like other human beings, and Colin's upset and mad at him <laughs> for it. Lovely. And then they want to fight or something. I don't know. It's dumb. Uh, there's a footnote on the next page about um, the uh, serial killer of 1947 California, the Black Dahlia murderer, which... Uh, because okay. <laughs> he was a he was a prodigy too <laughs> you're not really helping my theory that Colin's a future school shooter <laughs> okay yes. okay 
He was, in fact, a quiet kid who kept yeah, to Anyway, we get we get the uh, backstory of uh, Colin being on more that TV show. About, Doesn't really affect the plot, so I don't care. More Catherines and stuff. I don't care about yeah. any of this, actually. <sighs> I don't actually care about the whole book. Can, I done? don't know. Let's see. Next page. Next page. Uh... More pages, huh? It's the next day or something. I don't know. Hollis craned her neck around and shouted down the hall. Lindsay, get your lazy bleep out of bed. Lindsay yelled back. Put a quarter in the GED swear jar, Hollis. I'm about to take a shower. I feel like this uh, swear jar thing is really ineffective. Um, I'm just... I feel like at this point it's become uh, it's a the system is being abused. Yeah, basically. Uh, but Lindsay asked the question of Hollis and... Hollis? No. Lindsay asks... At this point, it's just like fouls in basketball. It's like a part of the game that you can just use to... Lindsay asks Colin and Hassan the question on everybody's mind. Finally, I've been waiting for somebody to mention this because it's weird that it hasn't been mentioned yet. But she says, hey, why the F do you and Hassan say fudge all the time? Thank God we finally... Someone... It's, it's well, like first there's something off, weird this is, is happening. Time someone actually, a normal person actually questions them on. Their it's weird like when antics, something weird is happening on. and you're looking around at everybody else, like, do you see this too? Is anybody gonna say something? Or when somebody finally says, "Yeah, that's a little weird," but everyone's just wait, waiting for everyone else to address it. That's been the first half of this. But book. yes, Jake, please explain to us. <laughs> that's every John Green book ever. Why is it popular? Why do people read this? Is anyone going to mention it? Yes, we are on book club. We're doing the work no Jake, one else please will. tell us. So, Colin X held slowly. Why do they use Have you ever F-U-G. read The Naked and the Dead by Norman Mailer? I don't even know who that is. American novel was born in 1923. I was reading him when I first met Hassan, and then later, Hassan ended up reading it because it's all about war and Hassan likes action books. Anyway, it's 872 pages, and he uses the word fudge or fudging or fudger or whatever about 37,000 times. Every other word is a fudge, pretty much. So anyway, after I read a novel, I like to read criticism of it. So when Mailer wrote the book, he didn't use fudge, but then he sent it to the publisher, and they said, this is an excellent book, but no one here in 1948 is going to buy it because it contains... More F-bombs than regular bombs. So Norman Mailer, as a fudge you to the publisher, went through his book and changed every last effort to fudge. So I told Hassan the story while he was reading the book, and then he decided to start saying fudge as an homage, and because he can say it in class without getting in trouble. This really reads like John Green wrote An Abundance of Catherines with so many F-words in it. And the publisher was like, dude. <laughs> John was like, uh, okay, now wait, 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 um... Uh... And he's just furiously googling alternatives for the F word. <laughs> Alternative swear words and came across this. Now I think this is interesting that John Green is paying tribute to an author that stood up as a form of protest by putting this word so many times in his book. I can think of another author that did that. Oh yeah, Mark Twain when he put the N-word in The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn so many different times. So I'm hoping in the next to John Green book... <laughs> As a tribute to Mark Twain. Yeah, uh, let's maybe. Do you see I, where I I'm see, going? I huh? see where you're going. That's what I'm hoping for in the next John Green book. Uh, so Colin, Hassan, and Lindsay. The socially conscious John Green is going to take a stand. Colin and Lindsay went off to interview more people or for uh, Hollis's uh, project thing, whatever it was, where they're documenting history and blah 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 blah. Nothing happens at the end. Lovely. Uh, that's. That's not true. 
It turns out that... Wait. And uh, Lindsay mentions again her great-grandfather's full name because of, this is going to be important later in the book. Dr. Fred in Dinzanfar, which sounds like a made-up name anyway, but once you realize why that's the name, it'll make more sense. It's still dumb, but, you know. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. So, Hassan makes out with that girl with the gi- the girl from the last time. Oh, also apparently Lindsay and her boyfriend are apparently not having or in a rough patch. It looks like they might even break up. Oh boy, I didn't expect that. I Continue. do not like this ball. <laughs> My eyes glazed over at this uh, section about Colin and Hassan have a bit of a bit of a bit of a fight between themselves, but it's it's okay. They understand each other better now. Colin's like, yeah, I guess I am a little self-involved. Yeah, okay. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Colin has a uh, date. Wait. What? Hold on. Oh, okay. I'm confused. Uh, I guess Colin has a day with Lindsay. Yeah, that's right. So he works on this theorem some more. I don't. I don't know. Wait. When does he Lindsay get a reveals with that. Yeah. Whatever. Lindsay reveals that. Oh. What even page She was the homecoming queen. Really? Lindsay pursed her lips. Well, no. But you don't have to sound so surprised about it. Katrina was on the court, though. She stopped and shouted toward the kitchen. Hey, Hollis. We're leaving. We might be back late. Hot, etc. And all. Have fun, replied Hollis. Call if you'll be out past 12. I hate this book. Why are you listening to this, people? You're just hearing me be miserable. Just stop it. Turn it off. Stop it. It's frankly disgusting. Yeah. Whatever. Okay, so Hassan had a date with the other girl, right? Katrina. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yes. So, I think there's a there's a twist here. I wasn't really paying attention, but like, uh, the the first you the first Catherine dated him again, and she was Catherine nineteen. Uh, actually, I saw that twist coming yeah, last week. I don't care. It's not really a twist. I don't. It's just really dumb. Because you, really cause you already know that they broke up. It's like, oh, remember when he dated that one girl? Actually, he dated her twice. Woo. Oh wow! Oh, gosh, it's like when you're reading about a celebrity that married their ex-wife and, date and <laughs> broke up again. Oh brother! Big shock. The thing about your stories, Lindsay was saying in the darkness as they approached the forest. I think they're going to pick... Is they're really bad, John. You should stop <laughs> writing them down. I think they're going to pig hunting. Is that what was happening? Yes, as far as I can tell. Oh, no. Lindsay was taking them to the uh, the cave that she hangs out in. This wasn't the pig hunting thing. But they're going to Lindsay's uh, cave thing. The thing about your stories... Oh, I wonder if she has a hole in the <laughs> She has her own pit. Lindsay was saying in the darkness as they approached the forest, is they don't have any morals, and you can't do a good girl voice, and you don't really talk enough about everyone else. The story's still about you. But anyway, I can imagine this Catherine now. 
<laughs> he just described the fault in their stars. The thing about the fault in their stars is it doesn't yeah. have any morals, and this it's a horrible girl voice, and doesn't really talk enough about anyone else. The story's just about her. Anyway. Hmm. Yeah. It's just stuff that sort of happens. He's, anyway, Lindsay's going on about the story. I can imagine this Catherine now a little bit. She's clever, and she's just a little mean to you. I think you get off on that. Most guys do. That's how I got Colin, really, the other Colin. Katrina was hotter and one of them worse. They've been dating, and he fell for me, but she was too easy. I know she's my friend and possibly Hassan's girlfriend, but Katrina's easier than the four-piece jigsaw puzzle. Uh... So it is here on page 147 that we get the introduction of a new thing John Green does that bothers the ever-loving heck out of me. Um, the, uh, to Jake's ever-loving chagrin. So Lindsay's getting them to this try some of her moonshine because she lives in, because she lives in Tennessee. Because everyone in Tennessee has moonshine. <laughs> and... Uh, you know the 17-year-old girls in Tennessee all got their Whenever there's supposed to be like an awkward pause or a long pause in conversation, John will do this thing. There's John will do this <laughs> thing where he'll have just ellipses in uh, quotation marks, like it's like it's dialogue, but he'll just do that for a couple of lines. So just paragraph break, ellipses, paragraph break, ellipses, paragraph break, ellipses, because they're not talking. It's a small thing. It's a small thing, but it keeps it happening as the story goes on, and it makes me matter every time I see it because that's not how you do that, John. That's not how you... I think there's at one point he does like... You flip through the book, it just looks like someone dumped Hold on, pepper he just wants the record. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He does eight in a row on page 208. I hate uh, this, man. Unfortunately, we're not going to get there because I just threw my book in you the know, trash uh, and let it on fire. <laughs> you know the old trick of uh, increasing your font size or like uh, double spacing your paper to make it longer? John just throws in paragraph yes. breaks of ellipses. It's much like the gospel according to Larry when they just start throwing in images and blank pages and stuff. Yeah, another thing. This book, this book, that kind, was actual of, this book kind of fools you because there's a lot of pages in the back of the book that aren't the book. It's like a, there's a good... Yeah. 40 pages in the back that are just like previews for other John Green books. Makes the book seem longer than it really is. Kind of scummy if you ask me. No, it's not scummy. It's just annoying. Anyway. Uh, so we still have no idea uh, so why they the have heck... awkward, awkward dialogue. We still have no idea why Lindsay likes Colin, but she's a. Uh, She's the pixie-haired dream girl. Which Colin, Jake? What? That is why she likes him. Plot, Plot convenience. convenience. yeah. Hassan's like, yeah, hey, I'm dating a college girl. I'm dating Katrina now, yeah. The next, four th th the next few days were slightly awkward with Lindsay. She and Colin remained friendly, but it was also superficial, and Colin felt like they ought to be talking about the big issues of mattering and love and capital T truth and Alpo, but they only talked about the mundane business of taking the oral histories. Blah, 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 blah. Also, Hassan had a girlfriend, and they were all preparing for a pig hunt, so things weren't entirely normal. You know, in Tennessee... Everyone's hunting pigs because there's just 30 to 40 feral hogs in everyone's backyard and they scare the children every time yep. they go out there. 
He awoke to his alarm on the morning of the hunt at 4.30. It was the first time since arriving in Gutshot that he'd beaten the rooster to waking up. Immediately, he opened his bedroom window, pressed his face against the screen, and shouted, Cock-a-doodle-doo, how do you like it from the other end, you little fudger? Totally normal behavior. This is fine. Hassan says he's not going to kill a pig because it's safe in his culture or something like that. This, uh, This bit of dialogue here... He wasn't really going on a hunt anyway. He was going for a stroll through the woods with a gun. That's what my uh, Pastor Tom says whenever he goes for a hunt, because he never gets anything. <laughs> I went for a nature walk, and I took my gun along. I don't even remember what the other but, uh, acronyms were for. J-A-T-T and S-O-C-T. Uh, I think jeans Jean too tight. tight. What was S-O-C-T? I don't know. Soft ocular curriculum... That sounds about right. I think they're all. Prim- uh, I think they're all wit- written in a way. The uh, John Green came up with these acronyms specifically so they could be pronounced. They have vowels in the middle of their names, so like talk and jat and socked can all be pronounced. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, see? And J-A-T-T, whose jeans were, again, too tight. Very clever. And, of course, we never actually hear their actual names. So, but... Colin's confused because Catherine Three, you know, he's he's eating lunch out on the hunt. He's with Hassan. They're eating lunch, like, sandwiches. And he's like, hmm, Catherine Three, she doesn't fit into the formula I made. So, he tries to call her. And, uh, do I know you? She asked over the phone. When you were in fourth grade, I may have been your boyfriend for two weeks at a summer program. Colin Singleton. Oh, yeah. This is going to sound weird, but on a scale of one to five, how popular were you in fourth grade? What? And also, do you have a brother who is in the spelling bees? Yeah, who is this? Colin Singleton. I mean, I I had a few friends. We were kind of nerdy, I guess. Okay, thanks, Catherine. Are you writing a book? No, I'm writing a mathematical formula that predicts which two people will end up in a romantic relationship and the name when. Where are you anyway? Whatever happened to you? What happened indeed, he answered and hung up. <laughs> he was found dead later that night. What happened indeed? Click. Yeah, I think hanging up in the middle of that is probably his best option at that point. Cut your losses. <laughs> There's nothing you can really say to make that un unweird. So, uh, Colin, Colin so tries again, to, Colin, he, uh, Colin, remembers the name and phone number of a girl. We're moving on. We got to move on. I want to get through this. Sorry. Sorry. Colin tries to shoot a pig, but he shoots a hornet's nest instead. Oh, city folk coming in here thinking uh-huh. they can do country things. And he and Hassan get stung. Wacky hygiene. He and Hassan get stung by a bunch of bees. He desperately wished Lindsay was there. She could deal with it. She'd have her first aid kit. But before he could even register the consequences of such thoughts, Hassan said, I'm not allergic to bees, sits Pinkler. I'm just out of breath. Oh, thank God. You don't believe in God. Oh, thank luck and DNA, Colin corrected himself quickly. Ah, silly. I mean, stupid. It's stupid. Uh. So, uh, they, uh, they, they yet, treat or? their stings with, uh, tobacco juice. Just like country folks do. 
Now, see, this is interesting, Hassan said. You should focus less on who was Prime Minister of Canada in 1936 and focus more on stuff that makes my life better. Footnote. William Lyon Mackenzie King, who had enough names for two people, but was only one man. I own Wikipedia, guys. I I can look things up. It's like John Green is directly saying, no, that's not true. You should focus on who was Prime Minister in 1930. So they're they're walking back from their uh, incident with the bees when they come upon... They come upon a section of the book that makes me wonder why John Green is allowed to write books for children and young adults. Yes, could you please read us a I uh, won't, McLean. They stumble upon Hassan's girlfriend getting down and dirty with uh, one of the acronym guys. Yep, it's a full-on scene of that happening, and they're doing it out in the open there in the graveyard. And I hate this. I hate this book. I hate everything about this book. I want to throw this book into a fire and watch every page burn. So uh, Colin is uh, angry. He's angry at uh, TOC and uh, and because uh, it was uh, yeah it was it was T- the other Colin. It was Lindsay's boyfriend and Hassan's girlfriend who were getting crazy. And Colin's Colin saying oh, no, you you were like cheating. Gonna have to break you up were, with you were cheating five minutes ago. That's a pretty narrow definition of cheating. Shut up before I knock your GED teeth in, TRC said angrily. Now listen, they're all coming back here in a little bit, so we're all just going to sit here like a big happy family, and when they show up, you're going to make your retarded jokes and hunch over and look like the bleep-sucking bleep that you are. Yes, I'm sure that is exactly what's going to happen, actually. (laughs) So, uh, everyone else walks up, and, uh, I I don't I don't know. Everyone else comes back and they're all joking around like yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh, oh right okay so the other two acronym guys. Hey by the way did anyone actually kill a pig? Hassan asked. No unless you did. S O C T said. Me and Chase shot a squirrel though. We didn't shoot it. J A T T corrected. I shot it. I saw it first. They're like an old married couple. Explained Lindsay. Except instead of being in love with each other, they're both in love with Colin. The other Colin laughed heartily, while the other two boys repeatedly asserted their heterosexuality. John, get some help. (sighs) What's happening? Turns out Colin, Colin recorded his uh, conversation with TOC when uh, when he when he caught him getting getting dirty with uh, what's your name? He had the mini recorder from the uh, interview. Oh, thing hey, that finally played a role in the plot together, somehow, like a quilt, like a quilt. came together. At least that wasn't shoehorned in as hard as this road trip and everything else about yeah. the book. So uh, he plays the recording for her, and it starts a big old fight, and everybody's getting in a fight. Cause oh my, it's, it's a, a straight up hoedown, yeehaw! There's lots of uh, shenanigans. Yeah. Colin, uh, Colin calls TOC a pardon lul. Footnote: Dutch, literally horses bleep. Shut up. I get it. <laughs> so uh, TOC kicks Colin in the crotch. 
Thank goodness. Yeah, first actually, this was not... Well, actually, he hits him in the head. Well, he also gets him in the crotch. In a better state, oh, well. Colin would have recognized it wasn't his bleep that hurt, but rather his brain. Nerve impulses flew from his testes to his brain, where the brain's pain receptors were triggered, and the brain told Colin to feel pain in his crotch, which Colin did because the body listens to the brain. All hurt is brain hurt. Shut up. Shut up. Just shut up. So Colin, he's getting dizzy from that, and he, he kind of passes out, but then he looks at the, uh, the, 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 the tombstone, the Franz Ferdinand, and he goes, oh, huh. <laughs> there, there we go, now I get it. Turns out, and I'm sure everyone everyone who noticed that John Green kept repeating Dr. Fred in Zanzibar over and over, everyone who realized that knew that it was an anagram for Franz Ferdinand, and it was Dr. Dinzanfar who was buried there, and it was just an anagram because it's, it's funny. I hate this book. See, his love of anagrams comes into the plot as well. It's woven together. It's all connected. Ah! You sillies thought John Green was just cramming in as much bile into this book that he could? This book is Nuh-uh. just verbal bile spewed onto a page. It was an anagram all along, you idiots. You, you goofuses. So Colin ends up in the hospital because he got, what was it? Uh, moderate contusion, sprained crotch, blah, 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 blah. Don't care. Um... I don't know. More stupid graph theorem stuff. Don't care. Moving on. Which I think at this point should be over, but... Um... Hassan really, this should be the end of Hassan the book, registered for college for another like hundred. Hey, pages, remember so. how Colin was telling Hassan they should go to college? She registered for some college classes, so that because it's together. the end of the book, and now he's learned a lesson. Yeah, they're gonna. Um, I don't. Gosh, I don't know, man. Although, why is not the book still going? But you proved what I already knew. That guys who play football know how to play the mother fudging field. They're just they're, and that Catherine's dump Collins like a Sansi monster thick burger. They're going back to Voraciously, passionately, and often. They're going back to interview more people. Why? Why are we still going on this? Why are we still going on this? <laughs> Why won't it end? Actually, Jake, I would like to point out that he did not say, Hassan did not say I registered for classes. What he said was, and I quote, me and Thunderstick decided to take our show to college. McLean, please. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm getting caught up in the weeds. Oh, gosh. This oh, there's a much worse... A fantastic um, oh, I think read, I, sk- I hope I skipped over it because I don't want to read it, but there was a... There was a really bad uh, joke like that earlier that I just didn't acknowledge, I don't think. Hold on, I'm going to see if I can find it now. Not that I want to find it, but, you know. Um, yes, you work on that. Um, it was... 
you know what? It's not worth it. I don't. I don't want to. No, I don't want to. No. No, it's not. Huh, so they go back to Lindsay's cave again, I think is what's happening here. And he goes, <laughs> so, I, I think I know who's buried in Archduke Franz Ferdinand's tomb, and I don't think it's the Archduke. I knew you'd figure it out. Yeah, I already what? know. My great-grandfather. You knew? Dr. Fred in Dinzenfar, that amagramming B-word? All the old-timers here know. He insisted on it in his will, supposedly. But then a couple years ago, Hollis had us put up the signs and give tours. Now I realize it was probably for the money. Well, it's funny what most people will do to be remembered. Well, or to be forgotten. Because someday, no one will know who's really buried there. Already a lot of kids at school and stuff think the Archduke is really buried there. And I like that. I like knowing one story and having everyone else know another. <laughs> Lying is fun. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know. <laughs> I'm social. I'm sociopathic liar. Colin realizes that oh, he dumped Catherine the Third, and he just didn't remember it. <laughs> Crazy. That's, wow. I don't know. So he's not a dumpy after. There's the backstory of how he dumped Catherine the Third, and I really don't care. Uh, so they're still hanging out in the cave. The moral of the story is that you, Smarty Pants, just told an amazing story, proven that given enough time and enough coaching and enough hearing stories from current and former associates of Gutshot, anyone can learn to tell a story. Something about telling that story made my gut throat grow back together. What? Oh, nothing. Thinking out loud. That's who you really like. The people you can think out loud in front of. The people who've been in your secret hiding places. The people you bite your thumb in front of. Hi. Hi. Ellipses. Ellipses. Wow, my first Lindsay, my second Colin. That was fun. Let's try it again. Sold. Ellipses, 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 ellipses. They're hinting at the fact that they're making out, but why do you make me hate your writing, John? It's like you're determined to make me hate this. It's like you can't sleep at night unless you know that somewhere out there I am hating what you're writing. Finally, we're at the epilogue. John thinks... Which is really no, just the last chapter. Jake's still out there. There's nothing... John wakes up in his sleep after rolling over. Jake is out there and he's not reading something terrible. I must fix this. Anyway, epilogue. Lindsay leaves him a note the next day. Colin, I hate to fulfill the theorem, but I don't think we should be involved romantically. The problem is I'm secretly in love with Hassan. I can't help myself. I hold your bony shoulder blades in my hands that they give his fleshy back. I kiss your stomach and I think of his awe-inspiring gut. I like you, Colin, but it's not going to work. I hope you can be friends. Sincerely, Lindsay Lee Wells. P.S. Just kidding. Uh -huh. Boy, was that fun. That was fun. Lindsay likes him for some reason. We can't Not, figure out why. It doesn't. Hey, dear Jake, I don't think we should do this podcast anymore. P.S. Just kidding. So Hassan, ha. Lindsay, and Got Colin him. are going to go drive down to Hardy's when they're like, why, why are we going to Hardy's? We could go anywhere. Oh, good, because I don't really want to go to Hardy's, Lindsay said. It's sort of horrible. So they drove past the Hardy's yeah. and out onto the interstate. As they drove on, Lindsay turned and said, we don't have to stop. Hassan leaned forward and said, yeah, let's keep driving for a while. We could, couldn't we? We could just keep going. The end. Whoa. The future is on. And boy, it starts all over again. You know, I'm sitting in the uh, alco, the uh, balcony thing of this uh, church here, and I'm, I'm really considering tossing it through the hole. <laughs> just watching it Real fall into the sanctuary. Out, huh? Well, I might jump out of the hole myself. I don't know. 
So what lessons did we learn from an abundance of cats? Don't be like Colin, I guess. Read better books. I, I mean, don't he, write he like still John had his theorem. Like, I don't know. Do we want to read the author's note and appendix? Let's go ahead. I'm feeling I'm feeling a little bit crazy today. The footnotes of the author's novel you notes. just read, unless you haven't finished reading it and are skipping ahead, in which case you should go back and read everything in order to not in order and not try to find out what happens. Well, don't worry, it's not much. You sneaky little sneakster. Promise a math-laden appendix. So here it is. John Green's fill in space to make the book seem longer now. Fantastic. The next 40 pages. I got a C- minus in pre-calc despite the efforts of my 11th grade math teacher. Unfortunately, I still suck at it. Blah, 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 blah. I can talk about it and think about it, but I can't do it. But I am friends with the guy who is a good mathematician. Daniel, he's pretty much responsible for the fact that the formula is real math that really works within the context of the book. I asked him to write an appendix about the math behind Collins' theorem. Strictly optional reading, but boy, is it fascinating. I doubt that a lot. What do you mean strictly optional reading? Are you implying that the rest of the book was not an optional reading? <clears throat> Uh-huh. The appendix is just explaining Angel. how the graph John works, Green. which is just dumb. I don't care. Oh, there's a reader's guide. <laughs> a conversation with John Green. John, uh, were you yes. a child prodigy? <laughs> no. I was not a very good student when I was in high school. I wanted to write about child prodigy because... Colin's experience seemed like an exaggerated version of what we all go through in high school. How do your high school experiences shape your writing? I attended a small and wonderful boarding school in Alabama called Indian Springs School, and I'm certainly not above borrowing from my own high school experiences. <laughs> he went to a private school. That explains it. I also think that my particular experience pushed me towards writing about, one, the South, Two, smart kids. And three, teenagers removed from direct parental control. And I probably owe this whole numbered list inside the sentence construction to high school, since I stole it from my friend Todd Cartry. <laughs> John, you kind of got... At some point, are you just going to grow up and write books that are about people other than teenagers with no responsibilities? At some point, you have to grow up, John. I'm sorry, you you just do. Uh. <laughs> huh. In high school, how did you spend your free time? Sat around with my friends, played video games, blah blah blah. Other than talking, I spent a lot of time getting dumped. As any dumpy can tell you, getting dumped is extraordinarily time consuming. Catherine's was first published in 2006. Looking back on it now, how do you remember the writing and publication of it? It was immensely fun to write. Colin can be annoying, but I have fondness for him, and I particularly loved Hassan. Every minute I spent with Hassan was such a pleasure, and I've often wished I could write a whole book about him. And who knows, maybe I will someday. You're messing with me, aren't you, oh, John? Oh, please. I can't wait for the spin-off. You're messing with me, John. Hassan's big adventure. <laughs> You're messing with me, boy. Get out of my head. Doc Hassan. Get out of my head. John is just threatening, Jake. Oh, I'm going to write it someday, guy. Anagrams play a huge role in Catherine's. Why? 
anagrams say something about the malleability of language. We always think of no, language don't. as an immovable object. It's a set of codified, unbreakable rules. But when you consider that one can rearrange the letters in Presbyterians and spell Britney Spears, it reminds us that language can be twisted and molded. That'll happen when you have an alphabet of 25 letters, John. You use the same letters to spell I different say. words. That's how... It doesn't say anything about the words themselves. It's not as deep as you think it is, John. Calm down. It's not as deep as you're trying to make it. I'm going to be honest. Oh, Catherine's is written in third person. Unlike the rest of your books, why? I felt Catherine needed to be written in third person because it's about a guy whose brain does not lend itself to narratives and who struggles to tell stories in the ways that other people find interesting. In other words, you wrote the first draft in third person and somebody said, this isn't interesting. Unlike John Green, who has no trouble writing interesting stories. Am I right, kids? For a while, I tried to write it in first person with all these tangents of footnotes to the footnotes, and the story never moved forward. But it was infuriating to read. And this was better? Th this this was, is a good I'd, version of I'd, that? I'd because love to see what Because what you just described version. is what I just read. Tangents and footnotes to footnotes and the story never really moving forward. Yeah, that's what you wrote, John. I feel like a jerk, but gosh almighty, this is so bad. This deserved to be maybe a short story. If you, if you, First off, if it was supposed to be written down at all. The amount of things that happened in this book were few and far between. Oh, brother. Qu questions for discussion. <laughs> As if people are like oh, yes, studying please. this in school. Jake, ask me some McLean, questions. I'd like to discuss. Colin's theory is that relationships are predictable. Do you agree? If there was a formula to predict romantic success, would you use it? Uh, I don't think relationships are all that predictable, really. Question two. What's the difference between Colin's memory of the past and actually happened? Why did he forget that he dumped Catherine the third? I don't know. Do you agree that Colin Green. was always the dumpy? No. What purpose well, does mean, anagramming words serve for Colin? It only Lindsay Lee Wells feels Green like to... she's constantly chameleoning and never acts like herself in front of other people. Why? What does it mean? That's because to her character be is specifically to be a stuff? man and pixie dream girl, so she can help men in her life. What does it mean to you? To matter. Do you think it's important? I think it means to do something good in the world instead of producing Throughout the book, like this. Colin worries about mattering, but in the last chapter, he feels not unique in the best possible way. What's the significance of this evolution? It means he found his man in PC Dream Girl. Yeah, uh, I'm going to toss this book. He doesn't need to manner if he's getting... McLean? He's getting some action. I'm going to toss to What's that? Claim. I am going to... Sorry, it was the most polite way I could put chuck that. Chuck this book from a second story alcove. It's not It's not as good as like lighting it on fire or something, but I, I just kind of want to watch it fall no. and hit the ground. I'm just going to chuck it out of this alcove and let it... Just like Colin fell and hit the and ground. And maybe when it hits the ground of a church sanctuary, it'll just burst into flames on its own. I don't know. You know maybe. what I mean? A little bit of... Or are a... you unsanctifying that sanctuary by... Yep putting that book in it. Alright, I'm checking it. Here it goes. 
What that a was beautiful. satisfying noise. That's beautiful. That was good. I hope it dies there. That was good. I hope it rots there. You better pick that up before some some uh, youth group girl or whatever gets her hold of it. Oh, that. that's a good point. Man, that's like throwing the... Don't... That's like throwing You're the... You're going to be responsible for like... I don't want to be responsible for ruining someone. Okay, I got to go pick that book up, guys. It's like um, it's like the families that like come across like undetonated World War II bombs in their backyards and stuff. <laughs> McLean, how would you... Basically the literature form of that. How would you rate this book, McLean? Okay. Here's the thing. Of the three books we have now read, that was the worst. This may have been the worst book. Okay, it's... It's in some pretty good competition for the worst book I've ever read. I'm not going to lie. Um, I just, I'm done with it, okay? I'm going to purge it from my memory now. We're not talking about it anymore. Let's never bring it up. Anyway, any who, any hoozle, any dizzle, any groozle. Yeah. Any diz. So come back for that, I guess. I am so sorry we had to go through this. I'm... I don't blame you if you've unsubscribed from the podcast by now. This is the last John Green book we're doing, I promise. <laughs> we'll never do another John Green book. <laughs> uh, bite your tongue. Um, yeah, it's been miserable, folks. This podcast is built on the backs of John Green. <laughs> okay. The moral was, find yourself a manic pixie dream girl, and then you won't have to worry so much about being a dweeb. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time. It, was, it's, it has not been fun, but it is over now, so don't worry. Bye, folks.